Hi, everyone. We at Helpful Goat just want to acknowledge that things are really intense and scary and infuriating in the United States right now. We are feeling all of those things just as many of you are. And we just want to take this opportunity to say that Black Lives Matter and that we stand in solidarity with everyone who's hurting right now, with everyone who's fighting for their lives, and with everyone who's trying to make this country better than it currently is. Furthermore, we understand that solidarity means taking action and that we all have a moral imperative to do what we can to fight for justice. That's why we're each donating what we can to organizations that further the cause of racial equity in the United States. And we'd like to invite you to do the same if you're able. If you can afford to donate, please see this episode's description for some links to organizations that you can support that way. If you can't, we'll also be listing ways you can help that don't cost any money. Either way, we hope you join us in taking time to consider your personal role in the ongoing fight for racial justice, and that you're taking care of yourselves and each other during this very difficult time. We also want to say that we view playing and creating with one another as a valuable and vital part of human life. We hope and plan to continue sharing our D&D games with all of you, not as an escape from the real world, but as an extension of it. As one example of how people can connect, communicate, and experience joy, excitement, and mutual meaning-making together in a world with all too much inequity and hate. For us, D&D is all about collaborative storytelling and world-building. And we see value in that in a time when building a more just world together is absolutely essential. Thank you for listening. We love you all. Enjoy. Welcome back to Burden, a muddy spot under the boot of the Gohomian army. If you have a sword, you best know when to draw it. If you have money, you've probably left. And if there's someone you trust in this forgotten place, you hold on to them. We're all just trying to make it here, and maybe we ain't looking too close about what you gotta do to be good in a place like Burden. Welcome back, everyone. So, where we had just left off, um, the group had uh, thoroughly searched the prison. Um, just everyone's just getting clues to to what's going on. But you've you've made a new friend in someone named Grom Catchery. Um, you've brought him back to Tumbledown's Flower Crowns, uh, and he seems to be a spy. Uh, for the, the the nation of Wigmoles, um, which means you have a very common enemy in the Galholmians around you. Um, and he had mentioned that he uh, 
he's been hunted lately and that they might catch him soon if you didn't help. Um, but you did. And you've made your way to uh, to McKeck's place. You've stayed the night. Everyone has got a full night's rest, which means everyone's back up to full hit points. Um, back up to full spell slots. All that fun stuff. Uh, so you awake in the morning. The town outside uh, begins to sound itself awake. It is filled with people sort of shouting back and forth and uh, guards giving orders, horses, carriages being drawn. It is a, a lively, normal town again. So what is it that you would all like to do? Well, first of all, this is a particularly lovely song to wake up to, so thank you for that. <laughs> that was that was a lovely morning lament. I enjoyed that. Enjoyable. Uh, I don't know, gang. What what do we want to do? Are we restless? Do we want to bounce out of town? Do we have do we have stuff that? I'm not a local here, so do you guys have stuff that you need to take care of before we uh, before we go do something? I mean, you know, like just starting fires, burning the town down to save it from itself. Um, that doesn't make sense when I say it out loud. Anyway, I uh, live here. <laughs> yeah, I know. So do I. And do you think Kalia might still be in town? The the guards might have her somewhere. Else. Yeah. So yeah. McKeck would sort of uh, say, "What was the exact message again, Andy?" That was written on the wall. Yeah. It was um, Mick. I am fine. They have me. So hmm. there's a message here that I think was from Kalia. It said that she's fine. They have her. I'm not entirely sure how those two sentiments go together, um, but, and, uh, damn it, I'm trying to remember, uh, Mythenmir, the farmer, and Mythenmir said that she had arranged to use the path through his farm sometime tonight? Something big was coming through? Whoa, that's what we in Bounty Hunting call a lead. Mm. When she when she says they, I'm I'm assuming she means the gods, right? Mm. I would think so, but I can't be sure. Um, is there a second prison cell in 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 Burden? Or is there like an army barracks or anything like that? Do you guys know as locals? And I was just about to ask Andy that as <laughs> would I know as a local? Yeah, as locals, you don't know of any other prison cell. They they seem to be using that one to hold people. Um, however, they've definitely taken over other buildings in town, uh, warehouses, um, mayor's sort of uh, estate, um, some of the nicer estates as well. So certainly there are other places they could be keeping her. Um, but that would mean that she's something different than just like a common criminal, since all of you were just put in the prison. I hadn't even technically committed a crime. <laughs> right. <laughs> you were just annoying. Neither had I. Hold up. Why would she feel fine if the Gahonian army had her? She a sympathizer. Maybe maybe she wants them to have her. Maybe she wants them to have her. She's going to like take them down from the inside. That sounds like something smart to do. Right. In, in McKeck, she was certainly not a sympathizer. I was going to say, that would seem significantly more likely than her being a sympathizer. 
Maybe this is a good time for us to go over some of the details around your sister's disappearance. What, what do you know about her? Where do you think we should start here? Seems like we should probably stick around town at least to tonight. Maybe we can learn something from whatever's coming down Mithrandir's <laughs> path. <laughs> hang on, no, Mithrandir. Hang on. Legally not Mithrandir. If Mithrandir was here, we would have solved the mission 25 minutes ago. <laughs> um, you guys, I've, I've, I've seen quite a few kind of theatrical plays in which they they fake like someone has been kidnapped and lots of times in those situation in situations so as not to alarm the family the the person that's kidnapped says hey don't worry about me i'm fine but they do have me it's a way of saying i'm still alive but i have been taken i i, I don't think that she's i don't think that she's given us any like sinister message here like i'm part of the other crew i think she's saying i'm alive they've not hurt me but i have been kidnapped <sighs> mckeck does that sound like your sister to me do you it seems likely the message was scrawled hastily and was in druidic which would mean that fewer people would be able to read it or know what they message that she'd left and andy i'm assuming even if she didn't sort of fully become a druid she was trained in druidic uh, yeah, that's what I was assuming too. Uh, yeah, I was just kind of reaching out just to make sure. I'm like, wait, would this seem weird to make it? Like, huh, no, I don't she learned that. Druidic. That's <laughs> no. cool. Yeah. Um, Does she have a long gray beard? Because that's always a giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> no beard that I'm aware of. Um, okay. It's it's possible. Um, Kali has been more invested in the Wigmolian resistance, that's one of the reasons why, and I'm going to look at Grom. Yeah. Um, I was wondering if you had seen her. I, she was, she believed that the course that we needed to follow as healers was to support Wigmoles more directly. Mm, I'm not, I'm not sure I said that I would go that far, but I certainly believe that we should continue providing healing to anyone who required it. This was a bit of a difference of opinion with our parents. <sighs> um, yeah, so it sounds like you might have a little bit of a lead. Um, if you wanted to go get some supplies, Cryon, uh, today, um, the town doesn't seem to be actively searching for you all, so um, you feel relatively safe about that. Wait, did, did Mikak... Did I mishear that? Did, did Mikak pose a question to Grom? Oh, I'm sorry. Did he? Uh, not really. I had already posed the question of, did he recognize Kalia <sighs> right. from when he, okay. had, when he had read my mind and turned into her? Um, and I, I, I think that I would sort of blink and Mikak will think about it and go, I understand that you're being pursued and may not have intended to be here, but if Kali is mixed in with these Wigmole liberation and resistance groups, do you know of anything that's happening in the near future here in Burden? 
he sort of immediately goes to the window and kind of looks outside and draws the curtain, then comes back to you. Yes, uh, the Koholian army is moving something. A A weapon. A weapon they believe will end the war. I have no idea what it is, but some of our scouts, uh, got a bit of information to us that it might be coming through this area. I'm supposed to find out what this is and then meet up with my fighters in the north. Mm. Mm. It feels feels like to me we're, we're kind of getting pulled into someone else's war here, guys. How do we, how do we feel about this? Well, we've all been pulled into this rugged, damned war. I don't feel great about it at all. I want them out of my fucking town. They did, we did not invite them here. They are occupying, and they are really oppressive and rude. Like, way worse than when Connie was in charge. And that was not a good time. But this is, like, way worse. So, I mean, I don't want to, like, be in the war effort, right? Like, I don't want to be on the front lines. Um, I'm a spellcaster. But, like, I don't know. I'm kind of okay with, like, at least screwing them up while they're here. We can be freedom fighters. I'm mostly concerned that my sister may be mixed up in this, and in order to find her, it may be best to try to figure out what was going on. Tell me, Grom, do you know any groups locally sympathetic to the Resistance that might have more knowledge of what's happening? Um, probably not. No, our our information was... Very, very top secret. I'm probably the only one in this town that knows it, and honestly, that put a rather large target on my back. I mean, my, I, I, I have, I have a completely separate agenda, guys. If I'm gonna get involved in someone else's war, I'm gonna need some sort of incentive. I don't know about you guys. I mean, I, I have incentive, but I totally get it if you guys don't like have like a reason to fight this war. I just want them out of my town. Well, perhaps your sister and this war are not so dissimilar. Cryon, weren't weren't you also looking for Kalia? Perhaps you continue on that path. I will continue on mine, and I am not sure they are that separate. Wait, Cryon, are, are you looking for Kalia? Well, he's looking for a music box, and he thinks Kalia might have it, if I heard that correctly. Yeah. I was I was told that Kalia had a music box, which oh. could could be helpful with with helping me out with a certain nefarious part of my past that I'm trying to make sense of. It's uh, it's a complicated story. I'll tell you at some point after an, <laughs> uh, after the next ocarina <laughs> session. <laughs> okay, looking forward to it. You guys, before we leave, if we are to leave, I've been I've been doing a little bit of uh, research into the best supplies that a halfling might need when heading out on certain journeys. I don't know if this is even available in this town or where one might get one, but I'm kind of in the market for like a bottomless bag. You know what I mean? Like a, a bag that can hold almost a limitless amount of supplies, unless one of you guys already has one. 
None of you have one on you now. Yeah, no, I got I got a pocket dimension bag right here, and I would just pull it out and kind of gives you the middle finger. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you think we got that kind of shit here in Burden? Come on. Connie, we're supposed to be a team. You're supposed to be flicking people off. Why do you keep missing this memo? All right. Maybe maybe I'm in the wrong town for that. I just I just heard that was a fantastic upgrade to supplies, and I'm I'm in the market for one, you know? Um actually McKeck and Elif do know of a place that has one um it's called Boulder Downs and it's actually just across the square here Boulder Downs has one we could probably go like um I don't know light things on fire and take one how does how does shopping work (laughs) (laughs) not like that also I rescind my request that you stop by my shop at some point you can order through our catalog service. Oh, okay. Sure. But you'll probably just burn the catalog. <laughs> yeah, I don't really... Like, if I burn the catalog, do I get what I want? Do I, like, have to think about what I want while I burn it? Is this magic? Is catalog magic? Uh, no. No. Mm, Are you sure? Yeah. It sounds magic to me. Do you have a catalog mm. I can burn? Mm. All right. Could we maybe stop this impromptu lesson about shopping by mail and just get out of here? Let's get Cryon here. He's damn bag at Boulder Downs. And while we're going around the town, we can look for clues about the location of your sister, Kalia. At least as a bounty hunter, that would be my approach. Master Cryon, if I secured a bag for your little group here, would this be some incentive to look unfavorably on the Goholnians? Oh, you, you have the bag of which I speak. Um... I have the means to obtain it. That sounds great. I'm telling you, you guys. I, I just, I, I get these senses every so often, and I just feel like <laughs> a bag in which anything that we can find, we can put in, and, and it's, it's, it's limitless kind of weight just feels like a good call to me. Yeah, that, that, that sounds great. I'm, I'm, I'm enthused. Yeah, yeah, all right, let's do it. Come on, follow me. I'll show you the way I know this town uh, like the back of my paw. Connie, that's sweet. Maybe I go alone if you catch my drift into Boulder Downs. What drift are you talking about? If you catch my meaning. Meaning? You mean like semantics? <laughs> How do you know semantics but not the word meaning? <laughs> I also had that question. My god. Uh, no, I shall go alone, please. Alright, we'll stay here. Maybe you can maybe you can play another one of your uh, ocarina ditties for us while we wait. <laughs> it would be my honor. Alright, uh, he takes out off uh, at the front door, kind of looks around, puts a, puts a hood up on his cloak, uh, and dashes across the square. Um... As uh, as Cryon pulls out the ocarina, um, just kind of blows through it a couple times, while Andy is pulling up the music, <laughs> the peek behind the curtain, uh, and just gives it a, a little non-Dominic Monaghan flurry. <laughs> nice. Oh, 
Beautiful. All right. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Um, so, uh, 15, kind of 20 minutes maybe go by, um, and you see, uh, the figure again, um, rushing out of this place, uh, holding a bag in under his arm and, uh, comes and knocks on, uh, Tumbledown's flower crowns very quickly. Like knocks on the door? Yeah. It is I, Grom. I'll open it. Uh, yeah, open it up. He comes inside. Well, ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Gotten for you. Please do not ask how. Did it, did it involve fire? Uh, no. Oh. As a small business owner, I feel deeply conflicted about this. Hey, it's all right, Donatello. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure one of the spears struck your head. Eh, maybe, I don't know. What I do know is that Grom here came through and got us a bag. And since I'm not sheriff anymore, I'm not going to ask any questions, Grom. I take your semantics. All right, Cryon. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Cryon, you got your bag. Now what do you think we should do? I'm beginning to lack your pluck and your forward thinking as to what we should be trying to accomplish. I'm all bugbear ears, if you know my my drift. Hmm. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm all about this music box, you guys, and helping out a, a fellow crew members hunt for their sister seems like the honorable thing to do. McKeck, you know your sister better than anyone else. Are you... Are you able to decipher anything in that message, or is there anywhere that you think we might start in this town, since this is where you come from? Andy, like, yeah. would I have any thoughts about that? Because she clearly wasn't in the prison. Right. You think that the Go- some of the higher-up Goholians would probably know better than the lower soldiers, um, if they're keeping her? Uh, and that's... I mean, yeah. With with all this talk of like a secret weapon being moved around, you, I mean, this you, you're getting into secrets, secrets that are being held from most people. That's maybe your only option so far that you can think of. Um. Also, because the the outrageously German uh, knight, yes, who was wandering around, was he involved in like me? being brought in or anything like did he hear me shouting about my sister was there any recognition did he seem to know why i would be there or was i just a public nuisance who they decided to arrest right he seemed to be the one that was very adamant um even when some others argued like forget him don't worry about him ignore him he seemed he weighs to be way one. too much <laughs> yeah <laughs> he seemed to be one that was very adamant about uh, you being silenced Perhaps we should pay our friend with the bowel troubles a visit and see what he knows. Oh, you think he survived that bandit attack back by the carriage? He had rid a road ahead before the bandits attacked. Uh... Yeah, I think this is a 
great idea. And if we need to, like, not just ask questions, but also start fires, I am, like, so well equipped for that. In case you didn't realize, I'm very good at starting fires. And also, now that we're level three, I can be really super sneaky. What is level three? <laughs> I just, I, I honestly just feel, Elif, I think I'm having a really great time with you, Elif. This, you seem like a really great person. Starting fires when you get any opportunity to do so in broad daylight in a town that you come from, it just, it seems, <laughs> it seems incredibly foolhardy. Like, can we wait until we're in a place where no one knows our name and we actually need like illumination or a distraction? Like, how, how have you not been like put in prison for the rest of your life at this point? <sighs> so many times uh, not by connie because he wasn't very good at catching me uh, but like so uh, many times like tons of times and my street gang would always drag me back out um they don't like me starting fires i guess i guess the people who run this place do not enjoy that i think i, I think you're great i love your energy i love the whole thing that's going on but this 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 kind of like volunteering to be an arsonist at any particular point is it, it i don't think it's serving you you know you know, this is why when I ran to be sheriff of this town, one of the big parts of my platform was that nobody should have the last name Fire. I just think it leads people down the wrong path. Hey, I was born this way. This is my last name. But I will take I will take your concerns into consideration. As as Elif is talking, you hear something land on the roof. Oh. What was that? And then And then silence. I know you guys just told me not to use fire anymore, but do you, do you want me to shoot it with fire? That like, is my roof. I know, but there's something on it. How big did that sound? It sounded big. Uh, and Cryon, you see Grom sort of immediately cower in the corner. Guys, mm. uh, so it's time for us to sneak out of here. We gotta get out. Uh, 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 Leonardo, do you have any kind of secret exit out of your shop? I'm just pondering the entire, like, going through the list of, like, the Teenage Mutant Turtles, and I'm wondering if we're going to, like, <laughs> branch out into any other, like, mass media oh, I, franchises at any oh, point. I, I got a list. I'm checking them off. <laughs> okay, cool, 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 cool. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. Andy, do I have a secret way out? I'm... Uh, not super secret. There's a back way that sort of leads into an alley right back here. Yeah. Okay. Um. Or I guess I mean we, maybe we, like do we get the sense that this that these sounds are thump thump deliberate? Thump. That sounds like some deliberate thumping. <laughs> it's now something you can feel is walking across the roof. Something large. Like so... a dog. Uh, give me a nature check. <laughs> and do we all see the change, uh, Grom's re response to this? Yes. If he has a reaction. So now 16. we're... Yeah. Nice. 16. It is quadrupedal. Yeah. Y'all, y'all, I think it might be the demon dog. Like, you said you heard her howl, howl last night, right? Right, right, right? Can I fire? Can I fire? Can I shoot the ceiling? It is on my roof. You will hit my ceiling. <laughs> There's a... Difference architecturally. Crom, this is what's been chasing you. Some kind of weird-ass dog. Um, 
not only a dog, his master too. But yes. And his master would be... Uh, at this you hear a scratch, scratch, scratch. Oh, damn. Uh, some of the wood cracking underneath the, the scratching of something on the roof. And then you hear a thump, thump on the ground outside. And even though it's it's mud and dirt and grass outside, you can hear the heavy footfalls going, just prowling around the building. Well, we ain't in a locked runaway carriage now. And I'm not one to run away from a fight either. I say we Does take Connors this thing down. Yeah, we got all of our shit back. Right. Okay, good. Nice. Connie will pull out his pike. Um, it's a one-handed pike for now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to prepare an Eldritch Blast for the first sign of a demon dog. Okay. You see a shadow cross in front of one of the windows. Something as large as a horse. And then thump, thump, thump around the room. But it's it's, it's outside, it's right? It's outside. Like yes. in this little green area? Yeah. Connie would, like like you said, like he's not going to run away from a fight. He's not going to cower in here. He is running out to confront this thing. <clears throat> he's rested right. and he's ready for combat. All right. You uh, rush on out. You you look around. But, you don't... but Andy... Yes. Okay. But I know I I get a sense of what you're about to say, but Connie is also trying to be sneaky. He wants to see if he can surprise this thing. All right. So give me a stealth roll. McKeck's shield is on, and there's now a shillelagh. His club has been shillelaghed. 17. 17. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. So, Connie, you you, uh, rush up to the front door. Your back is then against it. You open it quietly creak it open so that you can peer outside you don't see anything for the moment so you slip out very quietly especially for your size right around the other side of the door you still do not see anything in fact you don't see anyone in the square right now at all Hmm. Andy I don't like this Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Noted. Noted, Adam. Noted. Can I do a perception check to see if I can... Sure. Because you said, like, pretty much immediately before Connie would have run out, we saw some kind of shadow, right? Sure, yeah. Kind of going around to the left side, yeah. Yeah, Connie's looking around. Uh, Let's see. 10 perception. Ugh. A 10. Connie, you hear the beating of your heart getting faster and faster and faster. Ooh. You're smelling the air and you smell uh, what what almost smells like a bit of, of burnt hair, perhaps. A little bit of sulfur in Ella, the air. Ella, are you doing your hair in there? Krug it, damn it. <laughs> no, right now. It's not me. It's not me. It's not me. And as you shout that back in... <laughs> oh, I gave up my stealth position for a joke, a callback. God damn it. <laughs> Here's the thing, Connie. I'll give you inspiration for that, for giving up the stealth for the joke. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i happy about that. All right. Um, of as course you... you are. He lost <laughs> As you do that, uh, everyone on the inside sees something giant and large drop from... 
uh, the roof outside uh, on the other side of Connie. And Connie, you now hear something growl low and deep, otherworldly behind you. Why don't we go ahead and roll initiative, everyone? Woo! 15. I got a 10. Um, I'm totally confused. No, you're good. So, so I click. I clicked on me. Yep. Did I? Then, did I roll it? No. Not yet. And then go to your cryon vein. My character thing, and then, sheet. Yeah. And then, and then right next to armor class and speed up there is initiative, and click the word initiative. Middle top of your character sheet. Oh, I totally got it. Oh, I totally. Got it. I'm always. I'm as a noob. I'm always looking down in the safety throws and <laughs> skills section. Yeah, you know, yeah, I yeah. never seem to look in the rest of the sheet. But here we go. I totally wasted all you guys' time. It's all good. It's all and good. I, I threw a sixteen point six. How, how come I? How come it turned into a beautiful sixteen point sixteen there? Because you're fast. Yeah, your dexterity bumps up your initiative, so you are uh, wow, much quicker to act. Um, nice. <clears throat> and if you're asking about the decimal, it's a tiebreaker yeah. thing. Oh yeah, that part. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so I'm a noob. So let's go. Just go back. What do you mean a tiebreaker thing? What does that mean? So that way, if let's say I had rolled one higher, so that I would also be at a sixteen. Yeah. All all the actual dice plus our modifiers would say is these two characters, these two actions are both a 16 and roll 20 adds on just a random decimal so that it can actually sort in the initiative tracker. Ah, instead of, I guess, initially in in D&D, you would have the problem with characters having, like, seeming like they're going to have to do the same thing. And now you do something different because someone rolls higher or lower. Yeah, it just simplifies it, I think. Right. Yeah. All right, which means, Cryon, you're able to go first. Boom. So you see this giant shadow uh, land on the ground outside. You hear the guttural growl. You know this is probably that thing that you saw in the carriage earlier. Um, You are still inside at the moment. I'm totally going to try and use my new skill, which it has not. I've not used it before, the... The open hand technique. All right. Um, which says uh, when you choose the tradi- this tradition at level three, blah, 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 you can manipulate your em- enemy's key. Is that, what you, is that how you say it? Key? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you harness your own. Whenever you hit a creature with one of the attacks granted by your flurry of blows, you can impose one of the following effects on that target. So that's. So I have to find out if I actually hit the creature first. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. And then you can apply an effect. By spending a key point, I think, or no, just doing it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So what? What do I do? I roll. Is that what I do? All right. So yeah, do you rush out the front door? Yeah, I rush out the front door and just. All right. You face this horse-sized hound in front of you. Um. And yeah, give me give me a, a, a normal attack first. Your martial attack. You got it. A 15 does. A 15 hits. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. So you jump in the air and just kick this thing across the face. Uh, a bit of ember sort of comes out of its mouth and floats to the ground. Uh, and if you want, you can do your flurry of blows um, by spending a key point. 
Yeah, so I get, do I get to choose one of these three here, Andy? Is that right? You will, yeah. So go ahead and make two more martial attacks. And then if oh, you wow. hit with one of those, you can impose one of those effects. Oh, that's a critical oh, hit. Amazing. Crit. So it also applies to coming back out of break. Yeah, it seems to be, you guys. This is the early game evidently, again. Evidently, yeah. We we evidently reset, yeah. <laughs> um, interesting. Uh, you crack it across the face with one of your kicks, and then you come and bring your foot back around, uh, knocking out one of its fangs immediately. Oh, wow, you guys. And, uh, give, yeah, give me one more of those attacks. A 17 hits as well. So then you come down, bring your elbow just down on top of this thing as you're coming back down to the ground. Um, Which of those effects, because you hit twice with your flurry of blows, which of those effects would you like to try to impose? But I, but I still only get to take one of these, yeah? Or do I get two? I get yes. one. Uh, yeah, you can choose one of them. What? What? I'm just sorry, this is such a noob question, but what does that mean? You're it good. can't take reactions until the end of your next turn. What does that mean? Uh, that means he doesn't get any attacks off of his turn. So, like, if someone's moving around him, he doesn't get that opportunity attack. Um, or if he has some other sort of special things that happen on reactions, he won't get to do that either. <clears throat> Okay, cool. So it does kind of like stun him for just a second, a little bit. I feel like I might do the first one. It must succeed on a dexterity saving throw or be knocked prone. Knocked prone means it falls down and it can't perform an action. Is that right? Boom. Uh, yeah, it it falls down. He rolled a six. Six. <laughs> you you come down with your elbow, then crack him in the head. Uh, slamming his his head into the dirt and the mud sprays up around it. Uh, he's now what is considered prone, which also then means anyone who attacks him while he's down uh, has advantage on their attack, which is much easier to hit. I, I mean, guys, I feel like at this point, Cryon kind of takes a, a bow and just <laughs> like... Just like steps back and lets lets the rest Beautiful. of the crew kind of jump in for a second. That's awesome. Yeah, that was such a spawny amount of throws, you guys. I love that. <laughs> he he does not try to bite at you as you back away from him at all. He uh, is is on the ground, hoping that um, hoping to regain his composure here. Um, very nice, very good, uh, Mckeck. Hmm. So he's uh, prone. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to walk forward and hit him with my shillelagh. All right. While sort of uh, shouting, off the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Give me a swing. 19. Because uh, he's prone, right? Or he is 18. prone, yep. 18. 18 does hit, yeah. Four bludgeoning. Four damage. Um, all right, McKeck, do you want to move or you going to stay there? Um, uh, yeah, I'm probably going to back up. All right. Sounds good. And if possible, I'm actually going to back up in such a way that I'm trying to give uh, Elif some sort of cover. Oh, okay. Sure. You kind of step back into the doorway because Elif is still inside at the moment. Uh, all right. This thing is struggling to its feet. Uh, Connie, you have an opportunity attack here if you want because it's uh, trying to get up in front of you. 
Uh, cool. Um, can I... I, I'm going to ask you if I can have entered rage when I screamed at Elif because I thought she was doing her hair. Could I have gotten into rage yeah. before combat officially started? Probably not because you weren't sure combat was going to start and you were trying to be sneaky at the time. <laughs> okay. Well, then for the... And I can't I can't do that on an opportunity attack. <clears throat> right. So, yeah, I will, I will take this opportunity, though, to try to swing at it with my one-handed pike. Um, All right. And I've also, I have pulled out my shield. Okay, good, good to know. Oh, another crit hit. Yes. Nice. It's a critical hit, how you like that shit? <laughs> <laughs> um, so everyone else sees Connie just uh, whip around his duster flies up in the air as he spins and silently you didn't even see him produce the pike in in his in his right arm as he as he shoves it into this thing as it's trying to get up um so that's eight more damage to it very nice I have, a, I have another noob question for you guys so when when this whole battle started I had this whole turn order kind of pop-up window come up on my map yeah. Is that because is that because at this point the the battles can sometimes kind of feel a little overwhelming in terms of who's scored what and whose turn it is? So the computer kind of generates a little a little list to tell you where we're at and what's what's happening. Is that is exactly. that why that happened? Yeah. And then it'll, dis- yeah. it'll disappear once the once the fight is over. Is that what it is? Exactly. Yeah. The Hellhound is going now, and Connie is up after that. And then Elif, and then Cryon again. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice that it keeps track of that for us. Yeah, yeah. And as a bigger thing in D&D, normally we're in sort of free role-playing, right? We're just describing what we're doing, we're talking, and we're not keeping track of time or who's acting when very closely. When you go into combat, it suddenly really matters who's going when. Right. So the concept of keeping these turns and keeping track of them in rounds is a thing in any D&D. Right. Absolutely, yeah. You, you just manually keep track of it if you were playing at home on a tabletop. Yeah, that makes sense. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Uh, this thing is just snarling and growling and looking at all of you. Um, it, uh, Connie, you see it, uh, as well as, um, McKeck. You both see it, uh, puff out of its chest. You, you see embers glow in its mouth, and then it sort of howls straight at you a cone of flame out of its mouth. Ah! And I need I need both of you to make uh, dexterity saving throws. I'd rather not, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I have any benefits that affect my dex saves. Okay. I don't think so. I fumbled. And I got a five, but yeah, fumble, that's even worse. Yikes. I'm probably about to go straight down, by the way. (laughs) All right, that is 18 fire damage to both of you. Uh, As Mekek, you also get shoved straight through the door, your smoking turtle shell flying straight past Elif further into the room. Uh, you are not prone back there, Mekek, as the the flame blew you away from this thing, and now it just snarls, and if a giant hellhound could smile, you see that 
happening at this moment. I hate everything about the past <laughs> couple of days. Ugh. Connie, uh, you put out uh, some of the, the embers on your shoulder. What are you going to do? All right. Uh, the flame attack will immediately remind Connie of every one of the ten times that Elif fucked up his shit as sheriff. <laughs> and this will cause him to enter a rage. Not that right. th- Again, not at this beast, but at Elif. <laughs> okay. I'm like the inspiration. I'm the muse for your rage. It's beautiful. Oh my god. That's funny. Yes, you are. So now I have... I have... Um, resistance to certain types of damage, advantage on strength stuff, and some extra damage um, with melee weapon attacks. Um, But I also am going to attack recklessly. Beautiful. So I can have advantage on melee weapon attack rolls. Yeah. So I will do that with my one-handed pike. Let's see what happens. 17 hits. And it's eight piercing, and with rage, that's an additional two damage, I believe. All right. Uh, Cryon, you, because you've studied, like, how to, how to react, how to move in combat, you see this giant bugbear of a person, like, just fling his uh, shield and his arms wide as he's swinging at this thing. It's just, it's leaving him wide open for an attack, but it's in, it's incredibly fast. And it, and it catches this beast right in the shoulder. Nice. And it snorts out flame at you, Connie. Still up, though it looks incredibly hurt. Ugh, Elif, Robert, damn it, Elif. <laughs> Elif, it's your turn. I, I don't understand why he's shouting my name. Also, fire, apparently, because my cat's on fire. Um, yep. I'm gonna just kind of poke my head and hands out the doorway and try to remember what actions these are. Hold on. Okay, and cast Hex um, on the demon doggy as a bonus action. Gotcha. And I'm going to pick Dex as the ability check that it has disadvantage on. Okay. Yeah, as you've as you've watched Cryon uh, sort of try to trip and manipulate uh, this foe, you you think that's a, a very wise combination. And then I'm going to Eldritch Blast it. Right. So eight. does an eight hit? <laughs> does not. Uh, it sees you come out, uh, sort of perform the hex. Uh, it and then it very quickly kind of dodges out of the way, right next to Connie as the beam goes over its head. Wow, super rude, demon doggy. And I'm gonna duck back inside the house. All right, uh, Cryon, you see this thing? It's snorting heavily. It's very wounded. What would you like to do? Um. So, I don't. I. I can't I can't do my open hand technique again, right? That's what that's a one-time thing, right? Uh you can do it every time you use flurry of blows and you can do that as many times as you put a key point into it. But I only have I only have two left. Three, yeah. two left. Right. 
Um, you guys and, and that you'd have to rest to get those back. Um, right, which so, which, yeah. hap- which is it happens, right? You, you rest relatively easy. Although, sure, otherwise, yeah, it's just taking an hour throughout the day to just right. calm down. And, yeah. o- otherwise, all I would do would be what, like, it. What's my version of kind of a basic attack? What would that be like? A run and a run and kick or a run and punch type thing? What would that be? Yeah, yeah. You have two kind of choices basically is you run up to it and then you can perform two attacks against it mm. or you stay back from range and you throw one of your darts at it yeah i don't i don't know if i want to run up and smash this thing and then at, yeah. when my go is finished i'm stood right next to it because then i'm i'm obviously in harm's way so i'll i'll throw my dart there's nothing that i can do with my dart right i can't i can't can't do anything Poison it. I, I, yet. I can't, yeah, I can't yet. set it on fire, none of that kind of stuff. Okay, I'll just throw <laughs> my dart. So I'm gonna <laughs> just yeah, yeah. checking. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, click my, my dart button, right? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Alright. Nice. Twenty-one Ooh. that does hit for seven damage. Uh Dom. Yo. Please describe, paint a picture. You just killed this this thing. Uh, how did you do it? Go ahead and tell me what it looks like. Okay, nice. Um, I think Cryon kind of gets himself into a into a zen-like kind of focused stance yeah. with his dart in his right hand and takes it back in a, in a very measured manner and throws it with a huge amount of kind of concentrated intention towards this creature. It goes through the animal's eye and disappears. And then all Cryon sees and the rest of the crew sees is a tiny little miniature explosion of blood coming out of the back of its head where the dart exits. The creature looks around at Connie, at the the group, at Cryon. Its tongue lulls to one side, and it just falls to the floor, dead. Oh my god, that was amazing! <laughs> Jesus Christ, Dom, you are good at Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah, I was feeling oh. that fight, you guys. That was awesome. As the beast slumps down, uh, its its body starts to burn and and kind of go to ash, and it with its very last amount of consciousness. It kind of releases a, oh, and then burns up in ash. And somewhere further in town, you hear an echoing. Oh, shit. And I think that's where we're going to end tonight's episode (laughs) of Dom and Dragons. If you enjoyed this, let us know. Uh, give us a follow on Twitch. Subscribe to us on YouTube at Helpful Goat Gaming. Um, on Twitter and Facebook at Helpful Goat. Uh, listen to the Goats and Dragons podcast uh, wherever you get your podcasts. That's where we're publishing these. Um, yeah, uh, we're super excited you could join us tonight. Thanks so much for hanging in there with this live recording. Um, we love you all so much. Thanks for thanks for being there. Uh, stay safe. Hang in there, everyone. And from all of us on Dom and Dragons, we wish you an excellent evening. Good night. Woo! Bye! Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great evening. Good night, you dudes. 
killer. That was badass, Dom. Well done. <laughs> was a, what a description. Was a fun, that was uh, a fun fight at the end, you dudes. I um, I really dig. I mean, there's so much that I dig about this game, but I think, I mean, obviously you guys have been playing it for so much longer than me, but it really comes to life when the randomness of the dice roll kind of puts you in yeah. danger or turns you into a hero immediately. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's, that was, that was really fun. That was really fun. Beautiful. Andy has literally written academic papers about how chance and randomness make D and D one of the best <laughs> modes of storytelling. <laughs> yeah. And I'm inclined to agree with him. It's wild, right? I mean, I've been playing I've been playing Divinity Original Sin now for I don't know, three weeks. And it's it's basically Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, Skyrim is kind of Dungeons and Dragons with less dice roll opportunities, but still the yeah. kind of scenarios. But I mean, Divinity Original Sin, you know, it's turn by turn fighting based on your abilities and, and your choices. And it's it's such an influential game. And uh, I, I just like I remember like I remember friends at school playing it. And me not really understanding it, but being super intrigued. And yeah. I remember walking past these shops in Manchester where I grew up, where they had those little kind of models that you could paint and, yeah. and you know, yeah, play, yeah, yeah. Play, play those little games on, on like kind of 3D hills and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's basically like 3D Dungeons and Dragons. And, yeah. and just thinking that looks like fun, but I have no one to to do it with. So it's so fun to be able to be doing it when I'm 43, you know? <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. It's very really cool. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and if you got a second, if everyone could just kind of, yeah, say a cool thing uh, that you did tonight or that you enjoyed, that would be awesome. I liked my callback to how Elif did her hair. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, glad that it, I'm glad that it got me inspiration. And that was fun. Um, I liked that I'm like, like trying to have Elif grow. I know I said this last week too, but I'm trying to have Elif grow as a person, right? So like take input from her party members and not just be chaos all the time. She's like thinking about what you guys are saying to her. Like maybe, maybe fire isn't always the answer. Who knows? <laughs> I think I enjoyed, I, I know it's a really minor thing, but I enjoyed getting to describe Tumbledown's flower crowns. Nice, And just yeah. hope I got, like, across the space of, like, this is actually a really, like, warm, cozy shop. And going off of that, Adam, I loved your comment of this is the least burden place in Burden. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was cool. Was, that was what I was going for, so. Of course, as I was tracking mud all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, McKeck sighed about that. <laughs> Yeah, that really painted the picture for me too. Um, you know, obviously I'm I'm new to this crew and I'm new to this game. I'm I really love how authentic everyone is sticking to their characters. I mean, I don't I don't know you guys' characters as long as as you all have known each other, but very quickly you guys have stayed totally authentic to what you've been from from minute one so once we walked into uh Mikek's house I kind of knew 
how that Connie was, you know, probably going to be a tiny little bit disrespectful <laughs> without meaning to be. And that <laughs> Elif was going to make herself comfortable and kind of lounge out and that Cryon was going to offer to, uh, to help and then play the ocarina. Like, I, I just love the fact that I, I think maybe this has been my major thing from the start, that it, it really is a ragtag, unruly group of people that that in other situations would never be together but they've been forced yeah. to be together and we're making it work that's yeah that's a great way to think about how people come together in life you know so totally yeah, yeah and I, I really I, dig that i gotta say like at least from, from my perspective I, I think it i think we all feel this way but i'll speak for myself that like yeah it's awesome that kind of we have a sense of each other's characters and I appreciate the authenticity remark, although I think that Connie, once he starts using the word semantics, that's like, okay, okay what's going on here? Um, but um, no, I was going to say that, yeah, the characters are getting a sense of each other and there's some authenticity there. But also, I just want to highlight and show some appreciation for the fact that, Dom, you stepped into like a group of players who, like, yeah, have a lot of experience playing with each other. And like, I feel immensely comfortable playing with you and not just comfortable like okay this works more like just it's a really fruitful um tone i think that you're that you're kind of helping to cultivate coming into the group and like i just feel really good about it so and that does not i don't think that is a given <laughs> in D D. no it's definitely not yeah no it's uh, well lucky. i i totally appreciate that that's really cool i mean i i you know I was lucky enough to get involved with a, a, a bunch of kind of young improvisational theater from the age of kind of 11 or 12. And the main teachings in all of that and all the way through it was to subscribe to the whole yes and thing. You yeah. Know? So yeah. Any, anything that someone says, I'm like, yes. And what about this? As opposed to like, no, that's a bad idea. Let's do something else, you know? So, <laughs> totally. uh, yeah, that was, that was really fun tonight. This has been Dom and Dragons, presented by Helpful Goat Gaming. If you enjoyed what you heard and want to hear more, check out our main Dungeons & Dragons campaign, The Fates of Rin, right here in the Goats & Dragons podcast feed. You can also check out our other podcast, Helpful Goat Presents, where we play one-shots, shorter campaigns, as well as have conversations about D&D and role-playing in general. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Helpful Goat. And if you want to hear us play live, you can follow and subscribe to us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash helpfulgoat. You can also chat with us and other Helpful Goat fans in our brand new Discord or donate to our coffee page to help us keep creating content by clicking the links in this episode description. And last but not least, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, or Stitcher. We are a small independent game design firm and would really appreciate the support. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.